All right. You ready to rock? Let's do it. Let's roll. Let's freaking go. From Boston University, this is the VU News Service Podcast, where we catch you up on a story you may have missed from this past week. Each episode, we'll take a deep dive into something that happened that we think is cool or important or underappreciated. We'll showcase work from our fellow BU students and highlight stories from Boston, New England, and beyond. I'm Bart Tachi. And I'm Shannon Sollett. On the pod today is Brooke Lewittis. She is the BU News Service News Editor. So BU News Service cranked out more than 20 pieces for Marathon Weekend. We wanted to hear how we did it, and we'll learn from her what we reported on. Brooke, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself, just an introduction? Sure. So I'm Brooke Lewittis. Um, I am the news editor this year for BUNS, um, and I'm a first-year graduate student and I'm studying journalism. So have you ever experienced a Boston Marathon before? Like, what were you expecting? No, this was my very first Boston Marathon. I had been to the New York City Marathon. My aunt ran it a couple of years ago, Um, but I really had no idea of um, kind of like the significance to it. So Friday, I was working on a story, um, and I was just kind of walking around talking to people, talking to business owners and, you know, customers and stuff. Um, and just talking to people about what it meant to them that the marathon was back. People who are from Boston really have like really strong feelings about it. They were overjoyed that it was back. They, it was to them, it's such a sign of hope and normalcy that it's back. Um, so that was really, I wasn't expecting that. Um, and it was really nice to see. Yeah. So do you want to give us sort of an overview of What happened, when it happened, why it happened when it did, you know, like what? Give us the recap. (laughs) The weekend? Yeah. So the Boston Marathon fell on Indigenous Peoples Day this year, which was a little controversial. Um, But one of the things that the BAA, the Boston Athletic Association, decided to do was to honor Indigenous runners in a couple of their ceremonies. So that night um, they honored Ellison Tarzan Brown um, by having his family members, his grandchildren there. Um, And then I got to talk with Brown and Monroe after they got off the stage. And um, it was super interesting. And they explained to me that the BA is really, their grandfather felt it was like a family and now they feel like they're part of the family. So that was really cool. That was Friday night. And then there was a fan fest, which is like a really cool, um, exactly what it sounds like. There's a lot of music and vendors and stuff and people get really into it um, in Copley Square. So we had someone covering that. And I'm sorry, that was, what day was that? That was Saturday. Okay. So we're only up to Saturday. Sorry, I'm giving That's you a crazy. Window. And the race is on, is on Monday, yeah, right? Great. Yeah. But when you think about all the people who are traveling from other states and even other countries, there's going to be programming all throughout the weekend for them to be doing. How many people are traveling? Do you know? No, I don't know. Okay. Editing. We can, we can find that out. But a lot. <laughs> Figure that out. I know. <laughs> okay, we did find it out. Approximately 500,000 people watch, according to Wikipedia. And this year, the 2021 Boston Marathon had 20,000 runners. 
That is up from the first marathon held in Boston, which was in 1897 with 15 runners. Um, but yeah, so that was Saturday. Sunday, um, we had Pietro write a, write a story about um, the Heinz Convention Center, which again was just kind of like the fan fest, um, just people getting really excited. Um, so when did you start the coverage of the actual race? Well, let me start from the beginning. So Monday was the big day. Monday's the marathon. Um, so we had James and Pietro at, um, the starting line in Hopkinton, um, and just kind of snapping pictures and, you know, firing out some tweets about what was going on. Um, and I was personally at the, um, at the finish line by like 10 AM waiting for, to see who the winner was going to be. Um, so I was there and again, I was just talking to people, um, asking them, you know, who they were there to watch. And I got to meet some really interesting people. Um, and then I got to watch the winners cross the finish line, which was also great. Um, and I also ran into Talia, one of our writers who was writing, um, writing a piece about the day and just general updates. So we got to kind of link up and, um, then we kind of sat and got all our notes out and, and did our write-ups next to each other, which was good. Um, and then, yeah, that was the finish line. And then we ran a wrap-up of just the winners and basically how the whole weekend went. But overall, oh, we also ran, I'm not sure, oh, we ran this Tuesday, like a day after piece about um, all of the ways that the Boston Marathon contributes to businesses along the route. Um, which was really interesting because you don't think, I mean, maybe you think about it, but I didn't think about um, the immense financial aspect of the Boston Marathon of like, again, all these tourists coming from out of town um, and just people getting out and about. Um, So it was a really big deal for business owners too. So we also ran that piece um, and that was our coverage of the weekend. Do you know how many pieces we ran total? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. 14, 15, 16. Okay, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Okay, so we ended up running, we ended up running 22 stories um, by the end of the day on Tuesday because we had some next day um, additions. And we were also firing out tweets and other social media posts all day. All day. And that 22 also includes a lot of photo galleries, photo essays. Um, So a lot of different approaches to covering the event. Um, But yeah, 22 is the final number. That's nutty. (laughs) Were you surprised by anything you covered? When I was talking to people on Monday morning, people who were waiting for their loved ones at the finish line, um, I was talking to people and I said, oh, you know, what what does it mean to your loved one um, that the marathon's back and that they can run again. Um, and all three of the people that I talked to um, said that it was really important for their loved one's mental health. So I talked to one woman um, and she was like, yeah, this is my husband's fifth marathon or something. He loves it. Um, he was really depressed when we couldn't do it last year. And now this year, it's so exciting to him. Um, and then I talked to someone who his dad was running the marathon Um, and he was telling me all about how his dad contributes to the running community and helps other runners and helps, you know, helps them qualify for the marathon. Um, and how also it was a big part of his dad's mental health care for himself. Um, so it was really surprising to see 
um, just the extent to which running is so important to so many people. Um, so that was really, you know, thought provoking. For our listeners who weren't there, who weren't tuned in, tuned in, who maybe missed some of our coverage, what happened? Who won? Um, you have to qualify for the Boston Marathon, right? Like, what is that process like? There's a specific um, qualifying time for each age group. So for 18 to 34-year-olds, for men, it's three hours, like, flat, which seems really, really low. Um, and then for women, it's three hours and 30 minutes, and then it kind of um, goes up from there. You're allowed to be a little slower the older you get. Um, and so, but these are like elite yeah. runners. Like you don't just show up and run the Boston Marathon. Really, really cannot. Now, not all people on the day of are going to be running the full marathon in three hours and 30 minutes. Um, but yeah, right. you have to be a really, really elite athlete, which it's interesting because so towards the end of the day, I was heading back to my apartment. I live in Kenmore. Um, so I'd come from the finish line and, um, you know, my apartment's kind of near, let's say like the 20, 23 mile mark. Um, so I had gone from seeing the winners to the people who were a little bit behind them and just looking at them and being like, wow, these are still, even though they're not like the top elite elite, like they're still ahead of most people in the country. Um, so it's so freaking fast. So fast. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sorry, Brooke, I realized I interrupted you in the middle of a story about qualifying, I think, um, and about fundraising. But yeah, so you have to run the qualifying time. Um, you submit a registration application and they might not accept you. Um, this year they accepted even fewer people, um, than they usually did. Um, and so it works God. on a rolling admission schedule. Um, and even some runners, even if you qualify for the time, um, you don't get in because just so many people, um, want to run it. So for the 2021 marathon, there were 9,000 people who hit the time qualifier, but we're still not accepted um, just because so many people want to run it. Um, but yeah, so you have to run that super fast time um, and you have to be over the age of 18 um, and you have to, um, the BAA set also sets aside a few thousand numbers um, for runners if you're running for one of the marathon's official charities, um, and they don't have to run a so qualifying marathon. So you have to prove marathon. that you can run a marathon by running a marathon. That's crazy. It's so crazy. And some people like ran the Chicago marathon on Sunday and then ran the Boston marathon on Monday. It's crazy. Yes. So the first event that came through um, was the men's wheelchair, men's wheelchair um, race. And something interesting happened there. Um, so the winner was Marcel Hug. He's from Switzerland. He's 35. Um, and he logged a time of one hour and 18 minutes and oh 11 seconds, which obviously is insane. Um, he, he narrowly missed setting his own personal best time um, because he missed a right turn onto Boylston Street no street near the end of the race so seems he got a little bit confused and because of that he lost out on a 50 
$1,000 bonus. So I can't even imagine how that stings. Um, but he still won the Boston Marathon. So it's a pretty good place to be in. If, I wish you could see my face right now, listeners. My jaw's like on the floor. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> do you get like, do you get a lot of money <laughs> if you win this race? I don't know. I think you probably do, but I think they also have um, sponsorships and stuff that they can get. Okay. Um, also, just right. doing some very quick math, that dude was screaming. So he's going about 26 miles an hour. <laughs> so there is prize money for the Boston Marathon. First place in the runner's Division is $150,000. Second is $75,000. Third is $40,000. In the wheelchair division, first place is $25,000. So there's money to be made. I'm sure that's not why people do it, but now you know. Um, the women's wheelchair winner was also from Switzerland. She's 36, Manuela Scar. Um, and she finished at one hour and 35 minutes and 21 seconds. Um, and she really beat the runner up. She had a nearly 15 minute lead ahead of the second place winner, um, American Tatiana McFadden. Um, so yeah, so she really was ahead of the game. She was very, very fast. And then for the men's runners, um, the winner was Benson Kipruto. He's 30. He's from Kenya. Um, and he ran the entire marathon in two hours, nine minutes, and 51 seconds, which oh my God. I don't think I could move that fast for like one minute. Like, I don't even understand. And what about the women who won that race? Winner of the women's race was also from Kenya. Her name was Diane. Um, Kip Yogi, and she's 27, um, and she's also from Kenya, and she finished just 23 seconds ahead of the second place winner, um, so pretty close call, and she ran it in um, two hours and two minutes. Two hours and two minutes? Yeah. No, no ran... two hours and two hours, two hours, hours and 20. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Insane. Well, that's not that so, impressive. Like, <laughs> still impressive i mean i ran i am in waves a runner myself i've run two half marathons oh wow well there you go that's i like ran them both in two hours half the wow. time half the time they i'm still impressed double yeah, they great. could have literally run laps around me um but yeah so it was really just a testament a day of um just a testament to great athleticism. I think as people, we just love to see people right. pull off these like feats. Right. Um, and it was definitely a day of that. A lot of people there were there to, you know, greet a loved one at the finish line, but a lot of people were just there to witness it and be a part of it um, because it is so exciting. It's like a big time party scene, isn't it? Like I remember a couple of years ago, I was at a bar on Boylston and it was just like, you could barely slide your body into the bar. There were so many people. Is it Was it like that this time? Do you think that because of COVID, it wasn't quite such a party scene? Also on site, when you were kind of at the finish line, I was there throughout the weekend. Um, and it's a family place. So there's people of all ages, little kids, grandmas and grandpas. That's awesome. 
Yeah, I want to, I mean, I want to go back to what you said earlier about like sort of the weight of this event and the significance on like mental health. Mm-hmm. I feel like just for context, there's so much history and like there's so much wrapped up in the Boston Marathon as an event. It's obviously a big deal for the athletes who have to qualify and they work really hard to run it. It's a big deal for the spectators. It was also the site of the now infamous Boston bombing in um when was that 2013 yeah we have have to talk about the bombing right so I mean there's just I can't imagine the like the sort of intensity of finishing something like that and so then you know so then last year it was canceled because of COVID now it's happening in October instead of April there's so much wrapped Mm -hmm. up in this year's marathon did you like did you feel any of that while you were out reporting Yeah. So on definitely. So on Monday morning when I was in and around the finish line area, um, it's definitely looming large, this um, security, um, you know, just making sure that everything is secure. And then also it's it's definitely just in the air because um, the Boston Bombers going before the Supreme Court yesterday, he went before the Supreme Court, and they're deciding whether or not he should get the death penalty. Um, So I think it's definitely on a lot of people's minds. But from the moment like I walked out of my apartment, and my apartment's on Beacon, so it's on the, um, the marathon route. And, you know, there's barricades set up. And just to walk down my street, they had to check my, my backpack and my camera bag, um, just to, you know, make sure and they put a tag on it, that said inspected. And anytime you pass a checkpoint, anytime you go onto the route, or out of it, they're going to check your stuff. Um, And so I asked just because I was curious, I said, well, how many checkpoints are there? Um, And they said, we can't tell you that. Um, And they were very secretive. So Talia and I were, you know, reporting and and we were just curious, you know, what the police had been told to do, what the security guards had been told to do. They couldn't say anything. They were, they said, sorry, we can't, you know, we're not allowed to talk, Um, which I get. And actually, I think that it, it felt safe. Like for me personally, just knowing how on top of it, um, the police were and the security guards were and the Boston Athletic Association were like, it was a pretty comforting thing. Actually, I don't think a lot of people I don't think you'd find anyone complaining about the security measures that they were taking. And then also, um, like you were saying it like you were saying, Shannon, it's really emotional for people. So I was talking to someone Friday night um, at a bar. I just kind of sat down and, you know, asked this guy next to me, like about the Boston Marathon. Um, And he, he was an older guy. He's lived here for, you know, his whole life. Um, And he said, this is a tradition that can never be swayed ever again. It can't be swayed. It won't be swayed by the bombing. It won't be swayed by a pandemic. Like, that's what it means to people. And so having that conversation on Friday night really sent me into the weekend, understanding the full gravity of it. And I think people who have never been to Boston, who are not following the marathon, um, I think that, you know, that's something that I would like to make sure people know that it is a really emotionally significant thing for a lot of people who live here. So you said there were some mixed feelings about the marathon being scheduled on Indigenous Peoples Day. Can you Tell us a little bit about that. There was a lot 
of diverging opinions. So on Monday, after I was done at the finish line, I headed over to Newton to where the Indigenous Peoples Day Committee of Newton was having um, a festival, a ceremonial celebration um, of all Indigenous people. And they were, you know, selling things and selling food and selling, you know, clothing and jewelry. Um, and there were some speeches, there were some performances, dances. Um, and so I talked to a lot of people there about how they felt about the Boston Marathon being the same day. And honestly, they they were not thrilled. They said that, you know, when they first found out, they the first thought was just logistically, this is going to be tough to have Indigenous Peoples Day on the same day. Um, so people were, you know, Indigenous individuals that I spoke with at the, um, who are a part of um, the Newton committee were pretty, they were upset. They were not thrilled with the BAA. They felt that, um, they felt that it was disrespectful, that it would take away attention. Um, but I think it's important to remember that the Boston, um, the mayor of Boston did not officially recognize Indigenous Peoples Day as a holiday in Boston until what, like three days before it happened. Um, so, yeah, but the indigenous people who I spoke with at the race who were honored by the BAA, you know, the Brown family um, and the Tapajes, they were in very good spirits. They were glad that it was the same day as Indigenous Peoples Day. They were glad to bring attention to Indigenous Peoples Day. One of the things I would imagine would be complicated is like celebrating on the same day, like formerly known as Columbus Day, mm -hmm. and you're celebrating your culture on the same day. It's and there's not really any way around it. You know, it's not like they're gonna make an. They're not gonna. They're not gonna be like, all right, well, Monday is out, so we're gonna come up with a new day in like November, mm -hmm. and that will be Indigenous Peoples Day. But to be to like, it's just kind of a mind mess where you're like, yeah. oh. This day that used to be like, I used to feel so strongly against literally this day, in, mm -hmm. this day on mm -hmm. the calendar for this reason. And now uh -huh. I'm celebrating it mm -hmm. because we have rebranded it. And yeah. I hope that's not too calloused, but that's, that's gotta be, that's gotta be messy. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Like, it's not like we abolished Columbus day. Mm -hmm. We being like, you know, legally and logistically and you know, so yeah, you know, they're like, yeah, indigenous people get your day also, mm -hmm. in addition to this day that still celebrates the very reason that like you are subject to genocide, <laughs> you know, like it's messy. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, like messy. messy. I think that so a lot of the people so I wrote a piece um about, you know, the coinciding dates. Um, and so I ended up talking to a lot of people and I would ask them, you know, what does Indigenous Peoples Day mean to you? Like, you know, it's 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 a new holiday. And what does it mean to you? And it was interesting because some people would tell me it's a celebration, it's a celebration of everything, of our heritage, of our cultural pride. It's a day for non-Indigenous people to learn more about our culture and to bring awareness. And then other people would tell me that it was a real day of morning and a real day of considering all of the different um, issues that are facing the Indigenous community right now. A lot of people spoke about MMIW, Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women, um, 
Indigenous women are subject to domestic and sexual violence at a much higher rate than women of other races, especially white women. And there's a lot of issues facing the community right now. A lot of people spoke about the pipeline and the land back movement and the children at the residential schools, their bodies were recently found. So for a lot of people, Indigenous People's Day is not a celebration. It is a day of remembrance and memorial um, and mourning. And I spoke to one woman and I, I said, you know, a lot of people tell me, some people have been telling me it's a celebration. Some people have been telling me that it's, you know, more of a sad day. And she said, I think it's both. I think it's a day of medicine, um, of, of healing. Mm. And I think that that is what stuck with me overall. And I do wish that, um, you know, had it been a different weekend, I think that as a city, we could have, um, reckoned with that a little bit more but the Boston Marathon took up so much of the discourse. So I think that, you know, from that perspective, I understand people who were upset that it was the same day. But yeah, it was a really, like you were saying, Shannon, it's complicated. People have complicated feelings about it. That was all of my questions. That was really fun. Thanks, Beth. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for asking me. Brooke is the news editor for the U News Service. I'm Bart Tachi. I am one of the podcast editors. Shannon is the other podcast editor. If you have a story that you want to pitch, feel free to email us at bunewsservice at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.